There once was a man named Gold Roger who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Ya yo, ya yo, everyone. The Yonko table has set sail yet again. I'm your Yonko host, Dr. Jace Attorney, and we are here commemorating our 100th episode of the Yonko table. We're entering the triple digits, everyone. And what better way to commemorate our 100th episode than having our first ever Vivri card special. Now, those of you that have been sticking with us for a while, you guys know that our nomenclature on the Yonko table is based off of the hit anime and cartoon series, One Piece. So I'm gonna turn things over to my fellow co-host, Grandmaster Hoop, and he's gonna give us just a quick rundown of what a Vivri card is and how we're tying it into this 100th episode of the Yonko table. Grandmaster, take it away. Thank you, Dr. Jace. Um, I'm gonna keep it brief. The Vivri card for One Piece fans, as you know, represents, you know, person's life force, their life, uh, kind of like a compass. Follow it, it takes you to where that person is. Uh, yeah, y'all know the spiel. But here on the Yonko table, our show is gonna represent when we bring in a special guest. And, you know, we brought in our Supernova guest stars, but this is more like top tier special guests. People, talking people who got, you know, some foot in the game, you know, got some, you know, they're in the industry. They're doing big things, whether we're talking directors, writers, producers, actors. This is the episode to come out for. So we today on our 100th episode, goodness, I can't believe we made it here. Uh, we have a special guest for us uh, today. Um, he's been around in the game for quite the while. He's been in projects and shows uh such as Moesha, Married with Children, the Parkers. And, you know, as we have been covering the Proud family louder and prouder, um, I think it was perfect time to reach out to him. But uh, we'd like to introduce uh, the co-executive producer of the Proud family louder and prouder, Calvin Brown Jr. Calvin, thank you for being here with us today at the Yonko table. Hey, it's my pleasure. Big fan. And I'm glad to um, be here for y'all's uh, Century episode. It's nice. Right. Again, I didn't know we were here, but this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we're there. <laughs> um, but yeah, Calvin, uh, I guess the first thing that we wanted to ask you, you know, being a, uh, a co-executive producer and writer on The Proud Family Louder and Prouder, I guess to give our listeners just a basic understanding, you know, uh, what are some of your responsibilities as an executive producer on the show? Like, what do you do on the day-to-day -day basis as you're working uh, with that title for uh, both series? Um, well, first and foremost, I'm a producer, yes, executive producer, uh, level, showrunner level, but I'm also a writer. And um, the main thing I do every day is work in the writer's room with the writers. Um, we craft the episodes, we come up with great ideas, we brainstorm, we um, punch, you know, punch shows up when they're ready. Um, I have to make sure all that's working. We have to make sure the story works. We have to make sure that it's funny, that it has heart, that it's something that people enjoy watching. And um, 
if they learn a lesson normally from us, it's in a backhanded way. We don't try to be preacher or anything. And of course, I've said it before and I'll say it again. We try to be as funny as possible. And I think um, that's one reason people have loved the series and loved it first time around. And now, um, hey, 15 years later, we're back. Can you believe it? I mean, it's hard to believe because I know they've been talking about Proud Family Reboot and the age of reboots for a while now. For a long time. Right. So I'm so we're so glad it did come back. This was one of the reboots we were actually like rooting for it to happen. So that's really great that it did because as longtime fans, like, yeah, this was a welcome return. Uh, but also, you know, so you've been in the game, like, as you said, 15 years now, but uh, and you are a writer. Uh, is that where you got your start in the industry was writing? Uh, yeah, my very first job, I was an intern on the writing staff of the show A Different World during season three. That was my very first job in the business. And uh, <laughs> 30 plus years later, I'm still doing television and um, I'm happy. I love it. I'm a part of a reboot a very successful reboot so far we're being told i mean you know we're waiting to get the numbers and uh, hopefully get a pickup but everybody seems to be pleased that um disney television animation at disney plus and we're extremely pleased i don't think we um at least of the episodes you guys have seen i don't think there's been a clunker in the bunch and i'm gonna be honest i don't think there's been a clunker that we worked on period so um we're really excited about the future no, and I, I can I could definitely say that uh, you know both with the both of the original series and the revival one, um, you know there are things that we look for when trying to assess each episode, and a lot of the things that we kind of go back on, which I believe you mentioned it earlier, is like some of the life lessons that we that get taught in some of these episodes, and I could say like you know at least one of my favorite episodes, and I think Grandmaster has the background. Uh, in his uh, on his Zoom oh, my, icon, my, my proud fan. Oh, 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 <laughs> Father Figures. Yeah, Father oh, Figures. I I loved Father Figures. I absolutely loved it. Um, I've loved every episode of the Proud Family so far, but by far, uh, episode four. I I believe it was episode four. episode four. Yeah, that's number four. Right. But, um, it was a great episode. Um, you know the one thing that we're doing when we brought the show back is that we were trying to like take it to another level and try to do the stuff we couldn't do the first time around. The first time around, you know, the character of Michael, um, he was always, you know, kind of flamboyant and I guess the traditional semi-stereotype, I might say he was, he was strictly a stereotype, but a lot of it was. And, um, you know, we had the one episode where we highlighted him, um, where we called him a sissy. The sissy, right. Right, I was, remember that episode. And it was a great, it was a great episode, but it was as far as we could go at the time. So when we came back, we decided, you know what, let's let's make him a um, a gay teenager, a queer teenager, and um, deal with it that way. And that way, we made him a lot different than the first time around. But he was still Michael. But the biggest change was changing his voice from Phil Lamar to E.J. Johnson, who actually is Michael, who was Michael growing up, and it's been great. I mean, so I'm really, I've been really excited about that. And then, of course, the Father Figures episode with uh, Randall and Barry, you know, to have a um, same-sex couple, um, 
I have never seen it on a black animated series. I've only seen it on a couple of series. So um, it was it was fun. We did something and I mean, oh my God, to have Zachary Quinto and Billy Porter, who is just incredible. And, right. I was so I mean, excited <laughs> to see Billy Porter casted as Randall. That was, as a Pose fan, I was like, yes, please no, bring on Billy. Oh. Absolutely. Uh, my wife is a huge fan of his because of Pose. And um, I think her highlight was she was home one day when I was uh, recording with Billy and we were on a break and she actually came and introduced herself to him. He spoke back to her and she was so happy. So it was great to, um, you know, uh, do something where, you know, your mom, you know, well, I've had times my mom has met people on the show uh, first time around and my kids have met people on the show. So it was just kind of nice. It gave her a big kick. Um, get a chance to talk to him because she loves that guy. And I do too, he's great. <laughs> so as a producer, is that like part of your role too, is when like the casting, like uh, noticeably, yeah, EJ Johnson, that was a very noticeable casting decision right there. Uh, so is do you have a hand in who you bring on to play certain characters, especially in this new series? No, absolutely. We pitched uh, some of our favorites. Um, and Ralph Farquhar, our showrunner, he and Bruce got together when um, we first started and Ralph recommended, let's bring, let's bring EJ in. Cause um, Ralph is good friends with um, his mom and dad because Ralph's wife is also um, their interior decorator. So he was able to like pick up the phone and um, EJ was down. So it was great, but yeah, we all have a big part as far as the cast is concerned. I mean, we pitch people that we love and um, a lot of times we get them and uh, you know, a lot of times we don't, but, it's funny this time around, uh, people really want to come back and do the show because of the success, you know, the first time. I mean, we had some big names the first time too, like Samuel L. Jackson and people of that ilk. So, um, and this year, I mean, you saw the list they put out of all the guest stars that uh, are coming on the show. I can't even talk about half the episodes yet, but um, <laughs> guys are going to be really happy. I mean, it's been a great, great year and um, got some great people on here. Well, I, I know one thing that we're definitely excited for is, uh, and he's he was a titular character in the original Proud Family, but Al Roker. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> we love the Al Roker episodes. Um, and, and we know that, yeah, I think based on the title cards that have uh, come out, you know, just for the next episode, it just seems that Al Roker is going to be making a return. So um, definitely um, excited. Al Roker will be on in two days. Two days. Two days. Two days. <laughs> <laughs> it's around the corner. When You Wish Upon a Roker episode is premiering this coming Wednesday. So I think you guys will like it. I mean, um, I think so. Because, I, you know, and I didn't know this before, but you wrote Tween Town, the yeah, original. The first, first, first episode with Roker I wrote. <laughs> um, who came up with that idea to make Al Roker this magical genie that just wants to, you know, uh, come into Penny's life and... Well, it's funny, uh, you know, Al's a huge animation fan, and prior to doing our show, he did an episode of uh, Superman Animated Series, and um, I think, I'm trying to remember exactly, but I think his people may have approached us, one that Al was interested in doing the show, so um, we decided to come up with an idea that would be fun, because, I mean, the best thing about Tween Town, you have all these, you know, teenagers, kids, you know, and everything, and the only adult in town until we find out at the end of the episode is Bobby Al Brown. Roker. So, you know, it's like, well, we got to do something, though. We don't make, make him sound like some uh, <laughs> pedophile, like, hanging around kids, you know? <laughs> so, uh, 
<laughs> so yeah, we kind of made him something magical, and um, so far so good. It's worked. I mean, and um, Al's great. I mean, you cannot find a better guy. And man, he's he's fast. He's quick on his feet. He ad libs great, and you know he makes the stuff that we write on the page come to life. So I'm I'm a huge fan of Al. So I think you guys are really gonna love this Wednesday's episode. Yeah, I mean, other than watching the Today Show, uh, back when my parents turned that on, that was only Al Roker uh, exposure I got. So seeing him on Proud Family, that was definitely uh, different. But it, yeah, it works on many levels. Uh, but, you know, we wanted yeah. to ask, you know, uh, you know, it's been, what, 15 years? What yeah, we um, we premiered in um, September 2001. We would actually, we were the first scripted show to premiere after 9-11 oh, because wow. like oh, first wow. couple weeks you know it was just non-stop news but we when we premiered on disney channel we were the first scripted show to premiere um after 9-11 so it's um it was great to come back and uh sadly uh we were also <laughs> the first show uh to premiere when the war started in uh in the ukraine so it's like every time for our family comes <laughs> on <laughs> it's so always some global it won't take us out the air again and just you know keep us there we have no problems but man every time we premiere well, <laughs> something crazy goes down <laughs> no right right I, and i think you know there was even an episode of the original proud family that i think tackled um you know one of those social issues uh yeah, like I, I, Islamophobia. Uh, the episode yeah, that was a uh, culture uh, culture clash episode yeah, where each right. of the kids switched families, and um, Penny ended up with the um, Muslim family, and um, I think the daughter's name was uh, Rafika. I can't remember exactly, but she was with the Proud family, so it was actually a really fun episode. It was a yeah. very very well done episode, I thought too, and um, people still talk about it. Yeah, you know, definitely Proud family does a great job again you don't like hit us over the head with the message but uh <laughs> it's it's there it's in your face and it's done in a comedic style that also it's not it's like not the comedy over the quality of what you're trying to get across and i think y'all have done a great job with that and specifically that episode because having recently watched it not too long ago just it didn't really connect with me as a kid when when you revisited you know we are now you know young adults uh, it makes a lot more sense that y'all were trying to expose, you know, kids to, you know, this grander idea of what it means to, for acceptance and, you know, just differences and recognizing that altogether. You know, it's funny too, um, from um, you speaking about rewatching that episode, and this was never in our minds when we were doing father figures, but there was pretty much a very similar scene when they went home after they had a big dinner party and everything when they went to the muslim home stuff was written on the house that was very inflammatory right and the father figures episode when maya and kg get to maya's locker something just as you know inflammatory was written on that locker and it's almost like wow you know it's been 15 years but it still feels you know works doing it the proud family way so um that's something I think that stands out. But the bottom line on both of them, like I always say, it's like one thing about a proud family, you're gonna laugh. <laughs> we're gonna make sure, <laughs> we're gonna make sure you laugh. So, um, but yeah, it's good to um and I never like to say teach or preach lessons, but it's always good to 
set it up with humor. And then when that moment comes, you know, you're not expecting it. And um, at the end of the day, when you're doing a sitcom, and this is an animated sitcom, funny is something that people want. You want to escape, you know, your life for 30 minutes and just laugh and enjoy yourselves. But in a backhanded way, like I always say, you do, you learn something on Proud Family. No, and I, I definitely agree with that sentiment because, like, you know, the Proud Family, at least as a kid growing up, it, it was always that funny show on on a Disney Channel. And, you know, I always watched it alongside, you know, some of the other animated series like uh, like Kim Possible um, and some of the other greats back then. And uh, I, one of the things I always compare um, the Proud family with uh, with my colleagues is uh, with the shows that kind of like had a general genre, like, you know, Proud family was a comedy, but it still had the the mature message. Um, I always compare it to I, I don't know if you've heard of it. Static Shock. Oh, yeah. Uh, back in the day and Static Shock was really good, but I was going in as like a fan that just wanted to see, you know, action, uh, you know, seeing a superhero go in, defeat the bad guys. But similar to Proud Family, you had episodes of Static Shock that dealt with very heavy things. Like, uh, I, I think there was an episode on on school shootings uh, mm -hmm. with racism. Gun violence, yeah. right. Gun violence. Yeah. It, it tackled- We were sharing Phil with, yeah, we were sharing Phil with them at the same time. Of course, Phil was a star. Static shot, but Phil was also like so many utility voices on the Proud family. He was the voice of Michael. He was the voice of Michael's father, Coach Collins. Um, he was just, I mean, Phil's like the best guy out there when it comes to doing funny voices. I mean, a lot of times he was doing Frenchman. He was doing, um, he was the original uh, Mr. Chang uh, for the Mr. Chang. Chang he was right. their father. Right. And, um, you know, so um, Phil is just a guy we always, you know, used. And, Unfortunately, because, you know, and it's not unfortunate, it's like they're doing the right thing now. We try to cast a person who is of that ethnicity or of that race or of that creed or of that sexual orientation to do the roles now. It's not like it was when we did it 15 years ago. So um, we do have um, some Chang Triple episodes coming out in the works. I knew it. I knew oh. it. I, I told you. Calvin, we've, I've been having this debate with Grandmaster for the past several weeks. I'm like, they're not going to bring the Chang triplet. He's like, yes, they will. I told because it's their opportunity to do it better. Because, like, you know. The, uh, and we're going to, you'll, you'll like it. We definitely are. I can't wait. I'm, can't. I'm so excited. I like, because one thing, like, you know, it's a, it's like kind of a product of its time. Uh, you know, we made a comment about Vanessa View played by Brenda Song. And, you know, I think she's better portraying like an Asian American versus someone like uh, Marsha Mitsubishi. Marsha Mitsubishi. <laughs> like we love Marsha Mitsubishi because I mean, come on, we had Sa Sandra O playing that role. Right. You right. don't get much better than that, believe me. And, Sandra uh, O's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Brenda's been great. Brenda Song's been great. and. Um, we decided to bring a character on that was Hmong and we found out that Brenda was Hmong and we worked with Brenda before and Ralph worked with Brenda on the Wendy Wu film. So it was great to get Brenda over here and she's done a magnificent job. And I think uh, people are going to really love Vanessa Vu. It's funny, my son's uh, fiance, her last name was Vu. So I said, well, I'll do something, get the family in there. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make some correlation. <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 we're trying to do it right. Like you said, this time around, we're trying to do it right. So um, 
I can't really say much more about um, the Chang triplets and everything, but I think you'll like the look this time around. I think you'll like um, their attitudes. We're trying to differentiate them more this time around. So um, it should be interesting. That is exciting. <laughs> it, it, no, it really is. It's like so just because, you know, back then on the original series, like you see a lot of these like kid characters and you're like, oh, um, like this is the kid group and this is the adult group. So when we're watching, you know, the the revival of the Proud Family, uh, you know, there's some characters that come to mind where we're like, is this guy going to come next? Is is this student going to come next? Um, you know, one of them, which I think we saw in the trailers originally before the series came out, but uh, Sticky, uh, we were like, oh, Sticky's going to be in it. But then he, he exited the first episode. We're like, oh, man, OK. I mean, gosh, that I mean, you could probably speak more on how that went down, but we figured, yeah, he would probably have to. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> probably shouldn't. And, and you know, right, unfortunately, right, right, right. Um, the whole Orlando Brown situation has been, you know, kind of sad because I mean, they're missing out on having that kid on Raven. And he was so good on there. We're missing out having him on Proud Family because Sticky was iconic. I mean, when we were doing the show the first time around, Orlando had three shows. He had. Proud family, he had uh, Vessel Raven, and, and he Fillmore, right? Fillmore. He had right. his own cartoon. He's very yeah. prolific back then. Yeah. yeah, and I think there's a chance that um, hopefully down the road we'll have him back for something. I hope so. Maybe one day he might be back on the show. You never know. But a lot of that is not our decision. It's out of our hands. But he's still a fan favorite. We still hear. Plenty of when Sticky coming back. We want Sticky back. We miss Orlando. Orlando's clean now. Bring Sticky. I mean, I go read the stuff every other day on Twitter and stuff. So uh, he still has that fan base. And I feel we low key peeped that too because you could have just gone for the recast and kind of left that door open for him maybe. But he's um, hard, man. It'd be hard to recast. Recasting Sticky would be about as hard as recasting Oscar Pope. Right. I'm gonna be honest. He's that <laughs> archaic. And he really is. It would be almost impossible, like recasting Sugar Mama, recasting, you know, Dijonet. There's so many characters that I think is impossible to recast. And um, we love these guys. We don't want to recast them, you know. So hopefully um, things will work out. Carmel turns some things around. We might see some of our favorites back, you know. So I mean, one of my favorite things was um, how much people love, you know, a lot of our ancillary characters. I mean, when. Uh, the second episode came up and then Dr. Payne was back, man. They loved it. Dr. Payne's back. <laughs> Dr. Payne. Um, then, <laughs> then my um, episode, which is episode number three, it all started with Orange Basketball. Peebo's back. Oh, oh Peebo. I mean, they loved We saw Peebo, Frankie. We even saw <laughs> yeah, the Reverend. Came back. Uh, yeah, the Reverend who was played by, um, goodness, uh, Kirk was, Franklin. Was, yeah, and um, he wasn't Kirk in that episode because, you know, we can't afford Kirk for one Right. Line. But, uh, <laughs> I think we'll um, see Mr. Franklin again sometime soon. But yeah, but um, um, actually, the voice of Frankie um, did the voice of the minister. Um, Aldous Hodge did both voices in that episode. Oh, wow, okay. Great bringing him back. I mean, we've had a lot of really great talent. And the fact that you're able to come back and, you know, and Aldis got all he has all kind of projects going on. This is when One Night in Miami was going on, the show he was doing with you know Kevin uh, Bacon on Showtime. Um, and now he's got a the Shazam Man uh, and uh, Black Adam, yeah, he's got some things going on. But he came back when we said Aldis, we'd love to have you back. 
he was ecstatic because he loved the Brown family. So um, we built a lot of great relationships. And uh, the best thing too about on that episode, uh, we introduced Kareem and people Kareem. just lost their minds. And uh, oh my God, to get Asante Black to do the voice, that kid is incredible. And um, you will see him on Wednesday on the road. Oh, okay. Kareem's <laughs> coming back. Let's go. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of Kareem coming up this season. I think you guys will enjoy it. And um, I guess that's one thing we've noticed, too, is that it's, and maybe it's because on the new platform, such as Disney+, Plus, we saw some overarching stories going on and some, you know, uh, development happening that we didn't really see in the original. The original was more kind of episodic, in a sense. Mm. Is that something y'all knew you wanted to do going in to kind of differentiate with the new series? You know, we do want to do some serialization, but overall, I think right now, especially coming back, you don't want to get too serialized. You want people to have that familiarity of like, this is the Proud family. Oh, this is the same Proud family I watched years ago. As time goes on, though, I'm sure more of that will take place. And hopefully, um, you know, we'll have some cliffhangers and stuff that we didn't have the first time around. So um, I think um, there'll be a lot of surprises, but you know, the thing that felt so good to us was that people who loved the show before, overall, they still love it now. And um, the other thing is, I remember the first day we went back to work and we started pitching stories and coming up with ideas. It's like, it's like we had never left. I mean, it was like, you know, and we had new writers. I mean, only three that came back from the original show were um, Bruce Smith, Ralph Farquhar, and myself. But, Despite that, you know, we felt like this is the Proud family. Nothing's changed. And the writers we brought on are great writers and also fans of the show. And, oh, my God, a storyboard artist, directors, everybody involved just love the Proud family. So I think that's why um, their feeling was there, you know, and it made us feel good that, you know, we brought along this great next generation of talent. And um, I think so far, so good. And the artwork's just beautiful. I mean, I think... Oh night and day compared to the first series i mean but you know come on it's like um you wanna <laughs> you, you you wanna like advance as um time goes on and um it's just a beautiful show to watch no it is and you know it, it's funny because i've seen some comparisons on on social media where you know th they'll show like the um the the backdrop of like specifically i remember it with episode three where it would show like um, like art pieces of like uh, Penny's backyard with the basketball court. And it would just show how beautifully it was drawn. And I'm like, I, I saw that in the episode and they'll compare it to like, man, we've come a long way since uh, the original Proud Family. Uh, you know, even though it was the original Proud Family was good, I noticed even as a child, there were some episodes where it was like, huh, that one, that one looked kind of off a little bit. Well, yeah, and it's funny. And even in that first episode, the basketball episode that I wrote, we put in, um, it was just a clip, but it was enough to see Oscar about to miss the shot and then <laughs> the character tore the screen up from the old show back to the new <laughs> show. So that was fun. And we've also had a couple other flashbacks. We had a- um, uh, the, You referenced La Cienega's feet. Yeah, but yeah, we had yeah. that, the flipper uh, <laughs> reference. And um, so, yeah, it's like we've, uh, we go back and forth and try and just sprinkle in a little of the old show from time to time, but it's, Louder and prouder this time around. It's a brand new show, but um, hey, we set a pretty good foundation the first time around. No, oh. I, 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 okay, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say for sure, yeah. I, I agree because I feel like 
whenever a show is supposedly getting like a reboot or a revival, I feel like the, the immediate conversation that people tend to have is like, oh, why, you know, why is it coming back? Does it have more messages to tell? Um, and it's always that, you know, Rocky Bowl where you don't know if it's going to hit the same way that it did originally and if it's going to, you know, elicit new messages. Um, and well, yeah, and 85% of the time the response is, why they bring the show back and ruin it? This sucks, you know. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm glad that uh, knock on wood that didn't happen this time, you know. <laughs> no, it definitely did not. Yeah, I I can agree. I mean, Grandmaster, we've been talking about this episode, uh, these episodes weekly, and it, it has broken the norm of uh, you know the the dreaded curse of revival and reboot series. So yeah. it, we're definitely enjoying it. Yeah, hey, we are too. We love doing it. And um, I think, and it's funny, um, the first time we did the show, originally, I think Disney was envisioning a kid's show. But when Ralph and I came on board, when Bruce and Disney, when they when they bought the show, because, you know, the show was originally a pilot for uh, Nickelodeon. It would have been like a SpongeBob. Right. Like, right. Hour. When Disney bought the show at the uh, Nickelodeon Pass, they approached Bruce, uh, Bruce to do a sitcom. So Bruce said, well, look, I love this guy named Ralph Farquhar. Let's um, see if he's available. Bruce saw Ralph on the show. Ralph called me and said, Calvin, we're going to do this uh, animated show. So I said, hey, I'm, I'm there. So, I mean, Ralph's still my mentor, even though we worked together like over 30 years. <laughs> but, uh, you know, something works. We still love working together. But, um, yeah, so it worked out great. And the thing is, we came in and we wrote we wrote the show like we wrote Moesha, like we wrote the Parkers, like we wrote Married with Children, um, shows that, you know, we all worked on. And um, we never truly wrote a kid's show. We wrote a family show because families are universal. And in most sitcoms, it's normally about a family and this is a workplace show. So um, we just did what we did best and um, it worked out great. Yeah, so definitely yeah because i used to sit my dad is, loves the brown fan i think just the old school references made throughout that's and i i see oscar in him too so the show was really good at you could see yourself especially as you know young black americans or you know diversity across the board throughout the show there's a lot of people you could relate to but you know speaking of the family uh what was it like telling the original cast that they were coming back was they uh, what were they aware were they wondering uh what was their response well um we told them but told them to keep it under wraps but um tommy was at a uh, <laughs> a movie premiere and uh <laughs> the word kind of got out <laughs> and uh you know of course they denied it denied it denied it <laughs> they're ready to announce it but uh overall um you know they were everybody was super excited and overall the majority of them didn't spill the beans. I think uh, Joe Marino had spilled the beans on a reunion show um, that they had, I think on Good Morning America or something, talking about Family Matters or something that she and uh, Reginald Bell Johnson were together. And I think it came out there too. But, you know, by that time, the majority of people knew it was happening. And um, But yeah, it was great. I mean, when your cast is so excited that they spill the beans too, that just tells you how excited <laughs> everybody is, you know? <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, I mean, I guess that would be like our next question. Like, what did it take to get this series off the ground to begin with? Like, cause I know back in the day, um, or at least from my understanding, when I originally watched The Proud Family, uh, the movie, uh, the the peanut movie, 
Um, <laughs> I call it the peanut movie, the proud family peanut movie. Um, <laughs> uh, it, in a way, it kind of acted like like a, unofficial... a pseudo finale. Yeah, right, right. So at that point, I figured, oh, it must have told all the messages it wanted to tell. And now the writers, producers, everyone's moving on. Um, but I guess like since then, there were always talks about like a, a reboot or a revival. So I guess what was that process like? Uh, and and I guess, why did it take so long? Well, I'm gonna give you guys an exclusive. Ooh. Um, Ooh. And uh, <laughs> November, 2018, uh, Ralph Bruce and I were pitching another series and we pitched it to uh, Netflix. We pitched it to Amazon and we pitched it to Disney. So Disney called us back the next week and said, oh God, we love you guys. We love the idea, but how'd you guys like to come back and do the Proud Family instead? We're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's how the show actually ended up coming about and um you will one day see the series that bruce ralph and i pitched hopefully oh, we're okay developing on, on disney out. or on netflix uh i can't say where okay. it'll, ah, okay, it'll, okay. It'll, it'll, be Dis <laughs> it'll be disney related so i don't know what okay. disney entity but so a disney format okay yeah, so um, that's an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, um, hey, I'm telling you, it was it was a dream come true. It was a dream come true because yeah, it's like to go back and do a show that you loved and a show that you really honestly felt that God, why didn't why did why aren't we on the air? Period. Why aren't we in season forty like The Simpsons now? You know. <laughs> Uh, our show is just as funny and um, just as iconic. We had great characters, great supporting characters. To me, we had a proud family universe. It wasn't as big as the Simpsons universe, but it would have gotten there if we hadn't, you know, been taken off the air. But that alone told me when when we came back and some of the episodes came out with iconic, you know, characters like Doctor Payne, we use a lot, and then you know, recurring characters like Peebo and the reaction we got from Peebo was just off the chain. I was like, wow. And I love Peebo. I mean, he's one of my favorite characters and uh, it was great. And Cree, you know, it gives us an excuse to work with Cree anytime. Oh, and, uh, Cree, yes. She's great. Yeah. Cree's yeah. always great. Yeah, and then Cree is also um, the voice of our new um, Enforcer character, Bufferina. And uh, that's been going over. Oh, she's you know? Bufferina, okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's, we, we've had a great time, you know, and uh, you know, she's our first new iconic returning character that I think everybody's, you know, loves because, you know, Oscar gets his come up as well every time. Just, just like Oscar gets his come up as with most women. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Sugar Mama. Right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's been great. And like I said, to bring back the iconic characters, to bring back the Reverend, to bring back Omar, um, to bring back Frankie, to bring back a lot of these characters that people love, it's just been great. Oh, so we haven't seen Omar yet. Is is he uh, coming? Keep watching. <laughs> He's around the corner. That's a fan favorite now, too. So I, I, I slip on that was a slip of tongue on my part. No, but no. yeah. <laughs> Keep him coming. Keep him coming. <laughs> well, uh, you know, speaking of like the yeah, the new series. So uh, you already you know said earlier you did things that you couldn't do before. Uh, I guess we we're seeing a and again maybe it's the platform being Disney Plus, but. We definitely seen a lot more adult humor. Uh, like for example, uh, I think the most noticeable one was the Oscar intruding scene before the Prince song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. The yeah, favorite musical number so far. 
So is that like again? Is that y'all being? Is that just doing what you couldn't do before, and you know, still keeping it? You know, uh, well, it's pushing the envelope. I mean, the first time around, we pushed the envelope because some of the stuff when I rewatch some of these episodes, I'm like, geez, I can't believe we got away with that. <laughs> you know, and um, so yeah, it's like we've always uh, pushed the envelope, and uh, that gag was inspired and um, by the writer. Um, L.J. Lawrence in that episode, and it ended up being really funny, and um, you know, it got past um, S&P and got past um, you know executives. They liked it and they made it in, and uh, that's one of the most talked about scenes in the uh, new series. So uh, we're excited. There's been a lot of other things that um, we've had happen that we've gotten away with, and um, you know. And again, the biggest thing I think that we've done, and it's been purpose been purposely not like trying to push the envelope to get a reaction, but you know, we're much more inclusive this time around. We're, you know, like I said, we have two gay dads, we have Michael being out and about. I mean, a lot of people notice um, that Michael has a different look almost every episode, which is, you know, yeah. plays into his character of being, you know, a fashion fashion diva and uh, you know, so um it's, it's been fun. And I think overall, the reaction has been better than I think anybody could believe. Because, you know, you still have some people, they've been petitions out about the show and craziness like that, but it hasn't affected anything. I mean, the numbers from what we've been told have been great. And every week, you know, we trend pretty high right after we premiere. So um, we're doing something right. No, for sure. Yeah, and, and the music, um, real quick, the music this year. We've had some great songs. I mean, great original songs. We've had like, you know, popular songs that we were able to incorporate. And uh, Kurt Farquhar, who's our music su uh, supervisor, who was a music supervisor for the first time around, he's done some incredible things, including um, the reimagining of the theme song with Joyce Rice, which I think is great. And Joyce is just a sweetheart. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see more of her doing some stuff on the show she did the outro song too for one of the episodes is that correct uh um you know what there was an outro oh, episode uh i'm sorry um song on last week's episode i can't remember if it's joyce or not though but it's a good song um it's kind of like penny's theme song now yeah like be proud yeah yeah so oh, okay I, unfortunately off my head i'm not positive who the artist is but it's a great song and I know uh, Dr. Jason and I are a fan of Bobby's Nacho Cheese song. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Last week. Nacho Cheese is hit. People love it. Uh, you know, it's up there with uh, So Dysfunctional. And um, we're really happy. I mean, you know, just having Cedric back is always, man. Anytime you have a Bobby episode, you know you're going to have some big comedy in it because you have, you know, Cedric. And then you have the rivalry between uh, Bobby and, uh, Bobby and uh, Oscar. For sugar mama's effects, <laughs> very one-sided in most cases, but uh, it's always funny when we get those guys together. Tommy I guess. and Bobby, oh god, Tommy and um, and uh, Cedric, when you get them together, oh my god, it's laughs guaranteed. I tell you. 
<laughs> no, for sure. Like, again, a lot of the things that make us love the original Proud family is just some of those uh, inter-family relationships and even just some of the friend relationships. I know Grandmaster and I, we, we, we sometimes question, why is Petty still friends with La Cienega? Oh, I mean, <laughs> the greatest most friend of our friends, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But you like, know what? <laughs> we love our cast. We love the characters. We love the friends. We love the frenemies. I mean, Lisa Reyes plays La Cienega. You would never meet a sweeter, nicer person on earth. I mean, but she does a great job when she goes in a La Cienega mode, and um, it, it it wouldn't be the same show without her, <laughs> you know. And we would we would never get let go of La Cienega. I mean, there's sometimes they say Dijonay is a bad friend. Carolina White is fabulous as Dijonay. We would never get rid of Dijonay. So it's like, you know, sometimes our friends, you know, make bad choices, but normally at the end they hug. They Say we're girls, we're friends, and on the uh, side of the pillow. Yeah. Exactly, just you know, <laughs> and that's kind of homage to um, my old classmate at Carolina, Stuart Scott. Uh, you know, because he used to say that sports and all the time, and we started incorporating it in the show, and it's just you know, it's become like um, one of our go-to lines. Were there um, were there any like resources that you guys wish that you had like back? in the original Proud Families run that you guys have access to now with the revival? Um, you know, the music budget is much bigger this time around. We've had a lot of music if you've been watching the show. I mean, we've had like hit songs. Um, Lizzo was just on, you know. Yeah, we had Lizzo yes. and we had Tone Loke. Uh, we used um, an Alicia Keys song. Um, and I think that was the um, dance number, the slow dance in the um, first episode. Oh, right. It's on dance. the block. Yeah, you know, um, back in the day, we couldn't afford all this music. I mean, we had, you know, one or two big songs. We had um, Video by NDRE. We had uh, Independent um, Lady by um, Destiny's Child. We had Mariah Carey, you know, so, and we had Alicia Keys. So, you know, we had a few numbers spread out of you know the 52 episodes we did the first time around i think we've almost surpassed that in the first seven or eight that are airing so uh, our music budget has been incredible and it's been great and it's given us more freedom to like you know try and um, do stuff that feels contemporary but in the same sense we still love that uh, grab an old school song from time to time so uh, we we, we just try to have fun. That's the main thing. We try to have big fun on the show. And um, music is a huge part of the Proud family. So um, that's probably, I think, our biggest change from the first time around. And, I, you know, speaking of Destiny's Child, I think that's a burning question regarding that episode that featured that song was the credit card episode. And yeah. it's nowhere to be found on Disney+. Plus. Hey, I think right now the only way to get it is to buy the... Um, the complete um, set that's available at Target now that has all okay. two episodes. But uh, yeah, um, and I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming it has to be a music um, rights clearance situation. But yeah, that's the only episode that's not on Disney Plus right now. Which is crazy because that's a that's definitely a huge of, episode. It's an iconic guy. episode. Iconic. Yeah. Steve, Steve Harvey, Harvey has the credit card. Oh, yeah, exactly. With the mustache and everything. And right. Uh, yeah, a great writer, uh, Michael Carrington, who I worked with on other shows through the years. He wrote that episode. He, every time I see him, man, what happened to my episode? 
<laughs> so hopefully uh, that'll be resolved soon because yeah, that's one of our absolute best episodes ever, I think. I mean, we've got a lot of them too. We've got a lot of great episodes. I mean, um, I can proudly say I've written more episodes of The Proud Family than anybody on earth. So um, that makes me feel good. And I wrote a lot of good ones. Um, Hip Hop Helicopter. Hip Hop Helicopter. Uh, and, <laughs> and that's one that doesn't stand up now because of the. Um, you know, oh, the, the chain triplet? Exactly. So we're trying to make up for that. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, we've. Um, we're just trying to. Um, continue the fun of the proud family but we're also trying to be very right this time i'm not gonna say politically correct or this that or the other right. we just want to be right and oh, go ahead. as you know on the topic of the episodes you've written do you have a favorite uh in your repertoire oh, wow. so well, the ask. first one first one i wrote was teacher's pet which was a great episode which i love because we got to do half of it in sepia tone aka black and white and that was like one of the first um, episodes that really explored Sugar Mama's past. Right. That was a really good one. You know, we found out that Oscar's dad was a mechanic for the Tuskegee Airmen and everything. <laughs> so that was the first episode I wrote. The second episode I wrote was Hip Hop Helicopter, which was, you know, a fun episode. They actually got nominated for, uh, I think, a NAMIC award. And um, because it was important to tell girls, you know, you don't have to dress older than you are. Be a kid when you're time to grow up, you know. So that was a fun episode. Um, Romeo Must Wed was the last episode I wrote in uh, the first season, and um, we had Dante Bosco play Quad. Then you know he got Jake uh, Long after that, and uh, he did a few more episodes. Love to get him back, hopefully someday. Um, I think my favorite all-time episode that I wrote was the Wedding Bell Blues episode. Another Sugar Mama classic, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely, and you know, to get to work with one of my heroes, Roscoe Lee Brown, uh, it was great. He was fraternity brother of mine, I make it five fraternity, so it was nice to work with him, and um, he was incredible. And then, you know, um, to have Smokey Robinson come and sing Real Love. And, my mom uh, really appreciated that. That was yeah, one of my mom's, mom's favorites too. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's the thing about the Proud family. It's like we've always been a four quadrant show. We're there for the kids. We're there for the teens. We're there for the young adults. We're there for the older adults. I mean, it's like everybody can watch the Proud family and find something they love in it. But that was one of my favorites, probably of all time. But yeah, um, I've written. I think I think I wrote four for this um, first go around. So um, you've seen one so far, but um, okay, um, um I, that, I that's a badge of honor I wear. I've written more episodes of anyone alive. That's a great badge <laughs> to a, have. Yeah. Be proud, louder and prouder. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I told Jake myself. What? I'm around dead tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Please cut that out. <laughs> we'll yeah, I'm, a comedy, I'm a comedy writer. It's no, <laughs> no, we like it's it's great. It's great to be talking with you about this stuff. Um, and uh, I guess one of the things that we noticed, obviously, early on with the first episode, is that one of the trends was uh, you guys aged up the characters while still keeping them the same, uh, like 14 years old. 
Uh, so like, was that always a decision you guys had in mind, like just kind of tackling more adult themes or was it always just, we want to keep them like, you know, everyone the same at 14, basically. Well, that was a decision that was a collaboration between us and Disney. Um, but the real is, I mean, come on, Bart Simpson's been 10 years old for 48 years now. That's a good point. So, Very you know, good. it doesn't hurt the show. So if Penny is going to be 14 for a few more years, you know, I think it'll be fine. I think it also helps telling the stories from, you know, her POV, because at the end of the day, she is the uh, protagonist of the show. And women, especially young girls, relate to Penny and they relate to her friends. I mean, they were a squad way before squad became a popular term and everything. So, um, keep watching and i think um some of your big questions will be answered okay okay yeah i mean keep watching is not going to be a problem at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i hope not because uh yeah it's like you you guys haven't seen nothing yet oh that is good to hear <laughs> I, yeah i think uh i know some of us been waiting for us i guess more sugar mama centric episodes trudy throw her back into the mix some but uh i mean that's just you know me being a fan and whatnot no absolutely and um they're coming i mean we got some great upcoming episodes that um are definitely very pro trudy and pro sugar mama they're coming up um we had a couple of really great episodes um especially the Snackland episode was definitely an oscar-centric episode <laughs> and uh you know <laughs> to have Tone Loke and have Lizzo and uh, to have like great little Easter egg characters like um, God, it kind of looked like our old buddy, um, our late old buddy, Tiny Lister. Um, right. Oh, Debo, yeah. right. Yes. Right. Great guy. So I really wish he was still here. But yeah, we wanted to like honor him. And um, we try to honor a lot of people. I mean, we try to be iconic, but we also, um, we're we're black. We try to be as black as we can, so we bring back characters that you know people remember and that are special to them. And Debo was definitely special to people that like the Friday movies, for sure. And, um, you know, I mean, an old school hip hopper and uh, Tone Lo, who was also in uh, Bruce's um, first animated feature that he directed, uh, Baby's Kids. He played the baby, so uh, okay. it was fun to bring him back. So um, it's been. Um, it's actually been it's been fun it's been cool i mean it's, it's been great and um got a lot more of these um little easter eggs to come and a lot more um great characters you guys will love to come and um also a couple people you guys haven't seen in a while will be back so i think you're really um gonna be happy i mean we're happy <laughs> we're definitely happy so far yeah i mean i can't complain uh and then, you know, speaking of, you know, the little references you're throwing in just for like, you know, culture and black culture and whatnot, uh, this and having written the episode, the Space Jam, that was pretty direct. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was um, very on the nose. <laughs> I credit, um, you know, our leader, Ralph Farquhar with that. I mean, I wrote that episode and everything and um, he had just watched Space Jam for the first time. Again, another movie that Bruce was involved with. Yeah, Bruce with. helped with the animation part. Bruce was, yeah, one of the animation wow. directors on there. And uh, we kind of borrowed <laughs> <laughs> this climactic scene where Penny uh, makes the dunk over the giant octopus and everything. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, we, uh, we try to do stuff that 
black kids remember, black adults remember, black anybody that is part of that culture remembers. And we bring everybody else along. It's not like we're like, oh no, you can't go on this train if you're not black. It's for everybody, but it's a black, the black, the black, black, black show, as Bruce <laughs> likes to say. We're unapologetically black. And, you know, it works. It still comes off as a universal show, but it's, you know, we're first and foremost a black show. I mean, look at the picture behind um, the doctor there. I mean, you got a baby with an afro, you got <laughs> a grandmother with, uh, yeah, afro puffs. I mean, you got an old school um, New Jack Swing um, guy that Bobby is now. So it's Bobby. like, uh, <laughs> You definitely know you're watching a black show when you watch the Brown family. Right, right. And I think, you know, yes, growing up, there's just not as much representation earlier on in like the early 2000s, the late 90s and whatnot. So Proud Family was definitely a staple series as far as representation goes. And uh, goodness, I'd like to say thank you to y'all and the team for, you know, giving us this show and then bringing it back too. And yep for a new glad generation as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We're glad that Disney brought us back. And you got three guys who, you know, love to do black television. I mean, Ralph, he specializes in black television. Bruce, he specializes in black animation. I specialize in black television. And it's not because it's the only jobs we get can get. It's, it's a choice. I mean, I worked on Married with Children. I worked on a lot of so-called white shows, but you know, I, um, you know, my preference has always been doing shows with people that look like, like me, black shows. And I mean, I had the distinction. I worked on the first uh, black sitcom ever on Nickelodeon, my brother and me. Then years down the road, I worked on the very first black animated series, uh, series on Disney Channel, uh, The Proud Family. So I, um, you know, I like to find projects or come up with projects that um, to me feels, you know, it feels right to me. It's about kids that are black, mothers who are black, fathers who are black. I mean, we just trying to do a good black show that's entertaining everybody. And one day, hopefully, we won't have to say black show or white show or, you know, Latinx show and stuff like that. One day, hopefully, there'll be shows. No, for sure. And I mean, I think that was what made the original Proud Family is, is specifically back in the day stand out. It was it was a black show and there was like there, there was no gimmick to it. It was a black family and this is their day to day life. And of course, there's like, you know, shenanigans that go on. You got magic genies and <laughs> uh, Penny getting trapped in like the past or something. <laughs> so but that Wizard Kelly, who's such oh, a Wizard classic Kelly. Kelly character, you know, it's like uh, I saw a picture on Facebook where girls took a picture and like it came out like from uh, <laughs> this down. And, it was so funny. Said, I look like that guy on the press. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's like we, we have some great characters. And of course, everybody went nuts when he came back doing the wobble in the very first episode and running for mayor. So it's like some things never change. And um, if you've been watching the you know episodes, Wizard Kelly has gotten even richer and has even more companies now. And they always kind of sound like, you know, other companies, you know, with Wizard's twist on it. <laughs> uh, I think Wiznova, 
right? Yeah, I remember Lama, that. Lama, yeah, that's one. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more coming. <laughs> a lot more coming, uh, and it, and it's fun. And you know, the thing that's so cool is that when we did it the first time around, you know, he was loosely based on uh, Magic Johnson. And now, right. as Johnson's son Johnson. is on yeah. there playing Michael, so it's been Comes uh, full cool. circle. <laughs> it's been Very cool. cool. Yeah. That's nice. Well, goodness, uh, I think, you know, uh, that pretty much covers all our base questions. I mean, and you already told us what we could look forward to coming up. I guess, you know, uh, do we know if this is a limited run or, you know, are y'all been picked up for a new season? I um we're dying to know i mean hey you just gotta keep watching the show and um keep reading deadline and variety and hollywood reporter because when they know it and when it's out there that means it's happening or keep up with disney pr but i'm honestly hoping that um we'll be around for a minute this time as opposed to the last time but i wouldn't pray <laughs> right it's all we can do but no i think um I think we'll be around for for a little bit. <laughs> That's good to hear. Hey, hey, we got merchandise this time around. You know, Target is the exclusive um, home of Proud Family merchandise. My coworker uh, literally had a Proud Family shirt on today. I was like, oh man, where'd you get that? didn't make those back then. Right, <laughs> I was like, man, I should probably wear Where that Where were these? Yeah. Yeah, nah, so you can actually get Proud Family gear now. And also on Amazon sells Proud Family uh, shirts and stuff. So. Um, that's something a lot different than the first time around. So I figure, hey, maybe uh, people are catching on this time. As they should have a long time ago. As they should. Um, but that really concludes everything we prepared. Uh, but, you know, here at the Yonko Table, Dr. Jason I. Calvin, we want to thank you for taking time out of your day to come talk to us and give us some exclusives on the Proud That's family. Great. Thanks for having me. I mean, it's been a great run. I mean, how long were we together? We talked about an hour, so that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, but no, I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I enjoyed the show the first time I heard it. And um, I think the first time I heard it actually was the episode um, on my episode. Oh, uh, basketball, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the basketball one. And yeah, and it was, um, you know, so nice because you guys brought up so many things that we did, like the whole, um, you know, Kobe, Gianna thing. Oh, and. Oh. Yep. And he, he liked the Easter eggs and the references. Yeah. I mean, had the same number, number two, her mm -hmm. suit, her uniforms, black and white, like Gianna. So that was something that really was special. And um, I think you guys may have mentioned the, um, the Mamba the Penny and were watching. Well, I said that, uh, you know, Penny and Kareem were watching Carmen Jones, uh, which, you know, a lot of people were like blown away, like, oh my God, they got a live action movie on the Friend family. And uh, we got a lot of people talking about that. Again, Kareem was just somebody that everybody just loved, especially the girls. The girls love Kareem. And I'm telling you, the girls who work on our show love Kareem. That's one of their favorite <laughs> characters, I'm telling you. And um, I said, Asante Black is such a great actor. I mean, this kid, I mean, I'm so glad that we got him. And um, I think he's doing This Is Us this year, and everybody's raving about that. So he's a really outstanding actor. So he's nice to um, have as a family member now. And, you know, it was a lot of, lot of good stuff in that episode. And, uh, you know, the literary books that um, Kareem reads and then uh, the book that uh, Lysenica was pretending to read when she tried to <laughs> steal more. She was holding it upside down. Yeah, which is kind of like, um, 
a lot of people say, oh, y'all stole that from Trump. We held the Bible upside down. I said, well, maybe. I ain't admitting it. Yeah, so we have, we have a lot of fun with um, pop culture and, you know, what goes on in the world. How can we, you know, how can we incorporate our show without dissing anybody, you know? So um, that was that was a fun episode. And you guys did a great job uh, talking about the first two when we came back, uh, Father, I mean, I'm sorry, um, New Kids and um, Bad Influencer. And, you know, and every week, man, I check out what you guys have to say. So it's um, glad I get to uh, be on the show. So, uh, you know, <laughs> thank it you It so means much. a lot, Coming That does for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to cry on there. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, you guys are great. So I'm so glad that I get to be a part of it. We are too. We uh, are good, uh, Doctor Jason. Anything else? We good? No, I I think we covered everything. Uh, Calvin, again, thank you so much for coming on, answering our questions, dropping hit exclusives, <laughs> intentional <laughs> and some accidental, but we're fine. Yeah. We're fine with it. <laughs> it's all yeah, good. It, it's been great, and you know, I'm I'm as excited as you guys are about the show coming back, and. Um, I say the best is yet to come. You guys are gonna be blown away by a lot of this stuff coming up. I'm telling you. You heard it here, folks. You heard here it here at the Yonko table <laughs> from co-executive producer Calvin Brown Jr. More to come, and we will love it. But that hey, is this coming Wednesday. This, this coming Wednesday. The return of our Roker. Do not miss. <laughs> I, 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 my my hype is up here. I am our <laughs> Roker is one of my yeah. favorite episodes. You guys are going to love it. It's written by um, one of our new writers, the fabulous Ashley Soto. A wonderful, beautiful Latina writer who's a staff writer on the show. She did a great job. And I think you guys are going to really love the episode. I'm excited. Likewise. <laughs> right, right. But listen, folks, for everyone listening at home, that is it from us at the Yonko table and Calvin Brown Jr. Be sure if you would love to watch our interview, go follow us, subscribe on YouTube or your listening podcast stations, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you may listen. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We got everything coming at you. Proud family exclusives here at the Yonko table. So, you know, without further ado, I'm Grandmaster Hoop. That's Dr. Jason Turner. And again, thank you to Calvin Brown Jr. for joining us today, but signing mm -hmm. off here at the Yonko table. Y'all take care. Peace. Peace.